So today I'm here with Mayara and we're going to talk a lot about mental health. So first of all, would you like to introduce yourself? Yes, uh, my name is Mayara and now I live in the US. I am a sound therapist and I also work with teens. I have a program uh, to work with youth, um, releasing, you know, stress, anxiety, depression. So we work with a variety of different things, meditation, gratitude exercise, journaling, but we'll get to that. <laughs> um, so I want to know how you got into this. What motivated you to do the work you're doing and get yourself into sound therapy? Mm -hmm. Well, that was actually my own healing. Uh, I was born in Brazil and I come from a very abusive childhood and it got me into a dependency on alcohol on like when I was a teen. Very early, I started uh, abusing alcohol to numb that pain. And it, alcohol was a big part of my life throughout my teens, throughout my 20s. And my father had a heart attack at 37 years old and he passed away. So when I was getting close to 30, he was an alcoholic also. So when I was getting close to my 30s, this little voice inside of me started, you know, calling for better self-care, you know, for calling my attention for how I was treating myself, how I was taking care of myself. And so I started actually my whole research, it was in heart condition because I was scared. His death was so premature and I, I got scared because I was getting close to his age. You know how like we are taught that, you know, it's all in the genes, these diseases, yeah conditions they run in the family and yeah. I was like super scared about that so I started my research is specifically on heart condition and you know the genes and kind of like trying to figure out a way to work my way around it you know because quote unquote I already had the genes so it was fascinating because I came across epigenetics very early in my research which is uh, the study of how the environment influences our cells influences our genes so depending on the environment that we are in, uh, it will influence which genes are turned on or turned off. So I do carry the genes that my dad had because he was my father. However, depending on my environment, those genes could be turned on or off. And so that was my big aha, that, that I wanted to really get deep into this health and wellness realm, because then what I wanted to figure out was, how do I change my lifestyle then? How do I change the environment that my cells are in? Because what I believe is that we don't necessarily inherit the diseases, we inherit the lifestyle. Yeah. So we create the same environment for the cells and we develop the same stuff. So I wanted to learn, like, how can I change lifestyle then? Because you get dependent on the things that you do, right? Like I was using alcohol, so I became dependent on it. And I know by watching the experiences of the people around me, how hard it is for them to get rid of that addiction of that dependency. So I started researching that. How do you shift, you know, where you are at regarding to your lifestyle to something healthier? And that's when I came across all these tools that now I share with other people. It started with like, I was using the tools myself and noticing the healing happening and people around me also like, what are you doing? Like you're just, you know, getting better and getting healthier and looking better and this and that. And then I start sharing. That's how the whole thing started. <laughs> I think it's 
that's really cool that you touched upon the topic of like genes and like um family genetics because I'm I've also been thinking about it because mental health honestly it's not researched as much as physical health and sometimes like some people do believe that mental health is like a genetic thing and like you have a higher chance of getting a mental illness or a disease if your parents have it and although it is proven that you have a higher chance to get it I also think that a lot of it is not due to genetics but due to the environment because if you like for example if you live to with like parents that use drugs then you actually have a higher chance of also getting dependent on drugs because you have that like early exposure to that drug so Mm -hmm. I really like I really agree with what you're saying and I just think it's really important for people to notice that um even though genetics are important but like the environment and the lifestyle is so much more important than like um the genetics and how your parents live basically Mm -hmm. yeah because that's influencing the genetics yeah like like you just said it's like of course the genetics are there right but you can turn it on or not (laughs) yeah yeah it's it's exactly like you said like it's turning it on and off or off like a switch kind of like a switch but more like choosing to live one way or the other and not really because like at the end of the day you're not your family like you're with your family but then you're not them like you get what I'm saying like you're not your life the way they did yeah you're not like a copy of them so you can choose your own life you can choose your own lifestyle yeah yeah that's right yeah, so um, I'd like to know a little more about sound therapy because I've not, like, I've heard of it before, but I don't know a lot about it. Mm-hmm. So the on the beginning of the one of the first things that I came across was meditation, and it was phenomenal to help me to be more open and more aware of these other tools that would you know come into my life experience. And so to me, through meditation, it's like the calming of the mind so that you can see the things that are there right in front of you. Like I use this as an example of like when you have a problem, usually the solution is right there in front of you. But until you calm down and, you know, detach from the problem, you are unable to see it. So I look at meditation in that way that it, it's a hygiene of my mind that calms everything down so that I can see things for what they are without all the judgments and bringing in all the experiences that I had, you know, before, because I believe that that's how we perceive our reality. We're comparing to stuff that has happened in the past, right? To interpret what's going on now. So I feel like through meditation, we are able to see it for what it is without our judgment and our um, prior experiences. And so doing a variety of different types of meditation, because I was studying meditation also when I really got into it, I came across the sound, I came across the mantras, I came across Icarus from South America, I came across a variety of ways that people use sound for healing through meditation, through other practices. And I started researching that aspect as well. And a simple example that you can use with the sound, it's like, you know how you're feeling in a certain way and you listen to that specific song and it totally changes the way you're feeling? (laughs) I know that feeling. Right? So you can see how much the sound affects how you feel. It affects your cells. It affects your emotions. And researching more into that, I came across this specific method that's called biofield tuning, that we are literally tuning the electromagnetic field around our bodies. 
we look at the body in this method as a battery that recharges negative charge from the earth and positive charge from the sun. And so we have these electric um, frequencies going up and down our spine in all our energy centers all the time. It's yeah. what's pretty much keeping us alive, right? And we can see that through quantum physics now, we can see that everything on a molecular level is just vibration. It's just this little ball of energy like vibrating, right? So everything that is vibrating will be affected by a different vibration that comes and hits it. So we use tuning forks to literally tune the electromagnetic field the way we are vibrating. So our cells are vibrating in a certain way doing their job until something stresses that that cell something like we call it the small t trauma because there are the big traumas like i come from a traumatic childhood had there was a lot of abuse that was happening back then however not only that creates the blocks of energy in our bodies it can be something smaller which we call the small t traumas you know some smaller thing that had happened in your life that caused kind of a shock on your on your nervous system can be kind of like uh, a car accident that wasn't like anything too big but your your nervous system got that shock right mm -hmm. if you don't release that it creates blockages of energy somewhere in the body and uh, a, a easy comparison too for people that have never heard of sound as therapy it used as therapy to release the the stress from the nervous system is acupuncture Chinese medicine, it's a very popular method that most people understand how it works. And the acupuncture, you put the needles in areas of the body to release blockages of energy that are not allowing the energy to circulate throughout the whole body. So our method, it's very similar because the tuning forks make the sound that come and interact with the body, interact with the cells that are vibrating in a distressed way because of some sort of trauma, some sort of experience that caused them to start vibrating out of harmony. And that sound, it's like, we, we say this, we are not doing the healing. The forks are not doing the healing. The body is doing its own healing, but it needs some sort of input, just like it needed that input to create the distress, you know, the, the car accident or whatever, the heartbroken, you know, person, whatever it is, the body had that input for the cells to start vibrating in this out of harmony way. So we use that harmonized frequency to be the harmonized input for the body to do your its own thing. So the body listens to that frequency and adjusts where it's vibrating out of harmony, bringing back, you know, health in any way that that, that can mean for the person. Person can show up because they have insomnia, you know, they, they can't sleep. And then because the sound will relax their nervous system and release the stress that is causing them to stay awake at night, they will lay down, the nervous system is relaxed, they'll fall asleep, they'll sleep through the night. Mm -hmm. People that are not digesting the food properly, they're having, you know, digestive problems they will digest the food properly because the body is coming back into balance. The cells are, are coming back to, I want to say like an understanding of what is the proper way for them to do their job. So things start getting back into alignment, whatever it is. And one of the things that I love the most that it's very good to talk, especially on your podcast about is the mental shifts that people are noticing with this. Because with all mental condition, there's some layer, some sort of stress that's there, a, a sort of stress on the nervous system that's causing that mental 
whatever it is. So with this relaxation of the nervous system, our mental activities also get back into balance. So people notice less anxiety, uh, improvements on symptoms of depression. So all the mental stuff that is so like taking over our planet right now, people are noticing that they are settling with this kind of work, with working with sound, because the nervous system is also calming down, releasing the stress that's causing all that mental stuff. You talked about so much and I don't know what to talk about, but it's all really interesting because I haven't heard a lot about it. And I really like how you talked about like music because me as a teen, of course, I love listening to music. I listen to music on the way to school and I do have a favorite song which shook me like years to find. But when I hear that song, like something just lit up. Like you said, like when you hear a song, something just comes up. And it's the same with like a sad song and happy song. And it's exactly what you just said, like how um sound and music can just, even though um essentially sound is just vibrations, but somehow it just changes your mood and your and all your feelings and everything by just listening to that sound. And I've also tried meditation and it's honestly pretty cool, but I don't do it a lot, like not often, but I've tried it, but I knew, um, I didn't feel a lot of like, it didn't help me a lot until I did, because I was doing it in school and it was kind of like, not really forced, but we had to do it as a class. And I just didn't really like anything until I tried it alone. And when uh-huh. I tried it alone, it was really different because I can do it like in my own pace and there was no kids around me yelling and no one like gaming and frantically like typing on their keyboards and I was just alone and it was like at night usually I do it at night so it feels a lot better at night yeah Mm -hmm. yeah you gotta find a way that works for you you know it's like it's not the same like one size fits all type of thing you know, because we are all so unique, we are all so different from each other, right? We have so many like different experiences. And this is one of the things with the method also that I work with sound. We look at it as our experiences are being stored within the field that is around us, the field of energy that is around us. Everything that vibrates creates this electromagnetic field around it. The earth has its own electromagnetic field. The animals we have, the trees, everything that is alive has that electromagnetic field around it, right? So the um, I lost the point where I was going to with this for a second. So you're talking about the music? Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, it's okay. We can move on. Um, we have a lot to talk about. Um, can I get to my next point? Like, I have another question for, for you. Sure. I'll come back to it for sure. Yeah, yeah. You can come back when you think when you think about it. Um, so um, my next question is because you talked about your um family trauma and your like your childhood trauma, I want to know how that impacts you as an adult right now because I um I know a lot of teens like me myself included um. I've like dealt with some problems at home and a lot of my friends have, and I want to know like how much does it impact a person as they grow up? Yes, it it really leaves a mark. And this is actually, you got the point. It's exactly what what I was going to talk about. We look at this method as this electromagnetic field around of our bodies. It stores the experiences that we have in our lives. 
So it is the lenses within which we see the reality in front of us. So they do this in psychology. They show people that blur of paint on a, on a paper and ask them, what are they seeing? And they notice that like the veterans, when they come back from the war, they see, you know, body parts and they see like a bomb exploding. They see the things that traumatize them in the war, right? And when they show it to like a, a healthier mental, like a person that has a healthier mental process going yeah. on that didn't go there, didn't have those traumas and none of that, they see regular things. They see like a table or a butterfly, you know, just like normal, regular things. There's there's no trauma to filter how they are seeing that blur of, of paint on a paper. So they they do these researches to prove these, these type of um, theory that everything that we are seeing within our reality, it's being filtered by the experiences that we had in our past. And so when we have traumatic experiences, and like I said, it doesn't have to be something huge. It can be, you know, something that is smaller that some people don't even call trauma, but that do traumatize our nervous system. They are the lenses within which we are perceiving our reality. So it's definitely, to me, it's like 100% affecting how we see everything, how we experience life after the fact, right? And that's the thing that we were talking about. This release that we talk about, this release of the stress of the, of the energy, it's because this energy is stored there because it's not processed. It wasn't looked at. It's something that you had to numb down for any reason. Like in my case, for instance, I had a lot of anger, you know, toward the pe people that were abusing me. I had a lot of fear. I had a lot of stored emotions and, and types of energy that I couldn't process when the thing was happening. So I carried it with me. And doing this method, I noticed that I'm not that fearful person anymore. I'm not that angry person anymore. Because those energies get to be processed through the use of sound. Those energies get to be released from that block of, of energy that he creates in our field and in our body. It gets to be released and it comes back into circulation the way that it's meant to be, to be transformed into something new because energy cannot be destroyed, can only be transformed into something new, right? So when it releases and it, it transforms into something new, you release that filter that you are seeing your reality with. So you, you don't have that anger, you don't have that fear, whatever it is that, you know, it's, it's within your field and it is the lenses within which you're seeing, perceiving your reality. Once it's not there anymore, you get to perceive your reality for what it is, just for what it is, as is, and that's fine. We, and what that means is that whatever is going on in front of you doesn't trigger you as much, you know, because when we are carrying all of that charge, all of that unprocessed emotions that creates a, a whole bunch of blocks of the, the flow of the, the circulation of energy within our bodies, Everything that happens in front of us triggers something that's that's happening there that right like a person behaved in a certain way we become like super angry and pissed off or sad or whatever. Once those filters are not there anymore, you see it for what it is the person wants to behave in a certain way well good for them, <laughs> you know. Yeah doesn't come in as much it doesn't affect you as much and also i just wanted to point it out when you were talking about meditation that i noticed the same thing with meditation it's kind of a hard thing to get used to like you said when you have to do it in school and by the way you are blessed that you know they make you do it in school yeah, because exactly. 
wish I had access to it earlier in my life. It would have helped me so much to go through the pain and, you know, all the experiences, the challenges that I had in my life, the adversities and everything. It would have been so helpful for me to be more grounded and, like I said, see it for what it is without my judgment, without all of that charge and, and that stuff that I bring to it. So it is hard to get used to it. Like I said, they, they kind of force you to do it in school and you're like, ah, I don't know. And then you do it by yourself. You're like, wow, there's something to this. Yeah. And also you will perceive the results the more you do it, you know, like with consistency, doing it on, on a regular basis, it's where you're going to notice that you're more grounded, that people do what they do and you feel just fine. You know, yeah. things don't interfere with your inner peace as much. Yeah, because like, as you said, meditation, like, I'm really glad I did try it when I was younger, but um, I feel like um, schools, they teach it as in, not really like you have to do it right now, but more of like an introduction because it might work for some people and might not work for some people. So like, yeah. if, and um, if I do have kids in the future, of course, I hope they get to try meditation now and maybe it doesn't work for them, maybe it works. I don't know, but they have to find something for themselves because like, like every parent says, it's like, oh, you have it so easy right now. When I was a child, I, there was no cars. I have to hike an hour to school and now you get to get, um, you can just ride the bus to school and that and stuff. So I want to like tell my kids that, um, like, because um, they might try out meditation, they might not, and it might not work for them. And for me, I think it's fine. They choose what they want. And like you just said, um, meditation is really good to like release that feeling and release that energy and to really um, like clear that filter. Because if you really think about it, um, we all see reality differently because we all have our past and um, everything that we has we have all gone through like that's triggering certain emotions when we see certain things so really we're all seeing the exact same thing like the world is the same but somehow it brings different emotions to us and that's like the whole concept of being different but being different is a good thing but at the same time we have to mat we have to like manage our emotions and like you said about um low t um like the low trauma I've also heard about that term and I thought it was really funny because of how they use like they call it tea which I thought was like a nickname or something my therapist actually talked to me about it when I mentioned like it was like once I got locked out of my house and it made me really sad and I was like crying a lot and he was like oh that's a little tea and I was like oh what is that and so I'm really glad you mentioned it because a lot of people don't know that what they dealt with in the past was traumatizing to them and it ca um, caused them to like trigger certain emotions when they face certain things and so I think like the first step to really healing any problem is to really just identify the problem because mm -hmm. a lot of people feel like there's something wrong here but they don't know what's wrong and how can you fix something when you don't know what's wrong so really have to find that problem and then try to fix it. Yeah, that's right. You're right. And uh, what I learned on my own healing process is that like a way to find what the root of that problem is, is to think to yourself, when was the first time that you felt that way? You know, because these small T's that we are talking about, these small traumas, 
can be something that someone said when you were a kid. You know, like in my personal case, I was told that I was ugly. You know, in Brazil, there's this whole thing with appearance. You know, you got to be beautiful. And that means you're going to be successful. You're going to achieve whatever, you know, you want in your life and all that. There's, there's this huge stigma around your appearance. And I was told that I wasn't, you know, all that I needed to be, that I wasn't pretty enough to achieve, you know, all the things and all that. And I believed it. And that was very traumatizing. So that's one of the small T's, you know, that's not something like huge that had happened to you. Yeah, I know. Because people think like trauma is always like big car crashes and like family members getting killed and that kind of stuff. And honestly, it's not because many um more often than we realize like trauma it really builds over time and like you said um because for me i just look at every um person the way they are and they're like pretty and beautiful the way they are like i because there's always something beautiful about every person like yeah i don't know you but i look at your hair and i think like your hair is really pretty and i look at your shirt and it matches your background and i'm like wow and for me, I look at my friends and I'm like, oh, I love you for this reason. And I look at another friend, I love you for this reason. And that's the same thing because that's how I want people to treat me because like, I'm not the prettiest, but I try to be nice and um, I try to make friends even though I'm not really good at it. So there's like, we all have like differences because um, for me, um, like how you said, um, people said you're ugly and you believed it. Like um, my, I think like one of my family members when I was younger, I really wanted to play football professionally. And someone told me I would never do that because I live in Hong Kong and Hong Kong is really small and no one plays football here. And that really like crushed my dreams because I believed them. Even though now I don't play football anymore, I still know there's a possibility even though I'm not like chasing after that dream. So uh-huh. I just, like, I, I know what you're saying. I like, I understand the concept of like believing what others people say but well either just looking through their own filter which obviously isn't correct and really is like you said like the filter is through someone's eyes and through someone's mind and it's really different to what other people see yeah that's right and and that's the thing it's like to identify what is it that's going on it's it's this inquiry, you know, this asking yourself, when was the first time that you felt that way? Because you can see that things triggered that in you. You know, I knew I started noticing through meditation when I started my healing, I started noticing that people would, they would do things that would trigger that feeling within myself that I wasn't enough, you know, that I wasn't pretty enough, that I wasn't capable enough of achieving whatever you was. And I started that inquiry working with my mentor. I started with that inquiry, like, when was the first time that I felt this way? Because I know it has nothing to do with that person doing that. That is only triggering something that I already carry within, a hurt, a wound that I already carry within. So when was the first time that I felt that way? And doing that regression, little by little, you get to the to the root of the problem. And my problem with that, with not feeling enough, was this back then, that they would say to me that I wasn't able to achieve, that I wasn't pretty enough to be able to achieve and all of that. And so then you know what it is that's triggered, triggering this stuff now 
um, when, you know, people do whatever they do. And that has always to do with them. It has nothing to do with us, right? But we take it personally because something is triggered within us. And then it's easier for you to heal because you know what you're healing. So I knew that I needed to heal my relationship to myself, to my appearance. And through that process, now I find myself to be a beautiful person, you know, in my own unique ways. Because back then there was specific things that, you know, you you needed to have through their concept of beauty, you know, to be considered a beautiful person, right? And then you come into this world in a different way than that concept of beauty that people have. And they tell you that, that lie, and you believe it, and you carry it throughout your whole life. And then people just trigger that stuff within you. So going back, asking yourself, going back, 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 when was the first time that I felt that that way? I remember feeling that way in this specific phase in my teenage years, but no, it wasn't it that it was there in my childhood. And when, and when was the first time until you get it? And then you get what the problem is. It's easier for you to reframe the, pro- the problem. You know, you can use affirmations, you can use journaling, you can use so many things to reframe whatever was given to you as truth on those years, right? The, the zero to six, seven years old, where you were observing everything as truth. It's, yeah. it's the time for your programming. And then there's some dysfunctional programming that jumps in, you know, some lies like that, that, yeah, that yeah. you're not enough this, you're not enough that. And that's not true. <laughs> yeah, because when we're kids, we believe everything we hear because we don't know a lot about the world. So we have to believe these adults that have experience. And honestly, a lot of them are really nice and they teach us the right things, but some of them don't. And like you said, um, honestly, there is, if we really think about it, there is no ugly and there's no beautiful because like no one really said that beautiful is like ha- um for boys are having like a really sharp jawline and for girls maybe having a really sharp and pointy nose and really smooth skin and no one really said that no one said that being fat is ugly and being skinny is beautiful like for mm. me everyone is everyone is really the same on the inside we're all just humans and like for people that might have like maybe they don't have a limb like are they not beautiful because they don't have an arm or they don't have a leg like no one really like we weren't brought into this world with like an instruction sheet instruction sheet with like telling us like oh this is beautiful this is ugly if you see a person um like this tell them they're ugly if you see a person like this tell them they're pretty like no one told us to do that so um Actually, we have five minutes left, and um, before we end, I want to talk about bring us back to the point of like um childhood trauma because I'm sure a lot of my listeners want to know about this because mm-hmm. a lot of my listeners are um they have been through childhood trauma and a lot of them are still going through some um the traumatic phase of their lives and usually they it's quite long and it also involves a lot of family members and that kind of stuff happening. So yeah. what advice would you give them, especially because like family um, trauma, it's really hard to really go away from because family are big parts of like children's lives and like teenagers lives. So what would you tell them? Yeah, um, <clears throat> there's a lot of tools that can be used. I have a program uh, that is 12 weeks that I work with teens on self-awareness. 
you got to become self-aware of what is triggering you, what is causing all the, the dysfunction situation to happen, whatever it is, whatever that means for you. And some of the tools that I use is, first of all, meditation, because without doing it, the way that you show up to the world, it's ungrounded. It's like your energy is all over the place and, and you don't, you're not really aware of what's going on. When you do this grounding experience before you start your day, let's say, you come from a place of you, your energy is more grounded, you're more centered, things will hit you, but you are able to bounce back without like catching it on as, you know, traumatizing your nervous system and all of that, because you're more in alignment with your higher self, with who you are, with your truth. So I would say one of the first ones is meditation. I use prayer not it doesn't have to be necessarily in a religious way it's just that connection with your creator whatever that means to you god the universe the source however you call it the place where you came from reconnect to that place in a, in a in a sense of gratitude you know for your life for being here for this opportunity to have this life experience you know some people come and you know they I don't know, they live for a few months and, and, you know, they don't have this opportunity to experience a whole lifetime like we do. So just this place of gratitude for being here, for being alive, for having this opportunity and then meditating. To me, I look at it as, you know, when you are um, expressing that gratitude to your creator, you are talking to your creator. And then when you meditate, you listen to what comes back and the answers do come back. So when you are talking to your creator, if you are still, you know, going through a situation that is difficult for you, that is traumatizing, that, that is, you know, you feel is stuck, pray, you know, talk to your creator, expose what's going on. What is it that you're looking for? What kind of clarity are you looking for? And then when you do meditate, you're going to listen. You're going to just be quiet with stillness and listen to what comes. Sometimes it comes when you are sitting there meditating. Sometimes afterwards, after a few days, you're taking a shower or something. You have this huge aha, right? It's because you cleaned your mind. You have this consistent practice of that mind hygiene of silent quieting all the thoughts and every and everything that's coming to kind of create a static and then i would say a third one would be journaling very very efficient to be able to look at what's going on in your mind because things get hidden you know the ego kind of hides on the background what's running the show and when you do have the ability to pray meditate and then just let the thoughts come and put it on the paper unedited it you know, don't, don't try to make it pretty or anything. Just let it out. Do, 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 do. Five, yeah. 10 minutes each day. Yeah, it doesn't have to be really pretty. And that's what people yeah. usually say. Yeah. So I really agree with these methods. And I've also tried praying and I'm not particularly religious, but I still use it. Um, I still do it a lot because like I'm talking to someone, it feels good. So mm -hmm. yeah, I really love everything you're saying. So thank you so much for being here. And thank you for being a wonderful guest. And sharing your methods and your ideas for our listeners absolutely and just in closing uh the method that i do works at a distance because it's sound it will hit you at a distance i do people all over the globe and they do feel the energy moving they feel the release they feel all the benefits even remotely so if anybody is interested just go to my website and all the information will be there okay so, as usual, before we end this, I would like to remind you to please reach out for help if you need it. Please talk to a trusted adult if you're feeling down or unwell. 
You can also call crisis hotlines and if you're in an emergency, please call your local emergency services. Of course, you can talk to me for a chat or for some teenage advice, but I'm not trained and not professional, so I would suggest talking to an adult or a professional in that area first. Please do not hesitate to seek help. Before we finish this episode, I would just like to say thank you for listening. And if you're listening on Spotify, you can add your suggestions, feedback in my Instagram bio. And I've started to share some mental health tips and share some updates on my website and also on my newsletter in which you can subscribe to. So I have also started preparing for an episode where I will read out your confessions and any questions you have on mental health. So if you would like to submit one, please go to my website, which you can see on my podcast bio and on my platforms I am live on. And lastly, if you're interested about my guest episodes, please go to my website to find more about that. So I hope that helps. Thank you for listening. I hope you listen to my other episodes and I hope you have an awesome day. Bye.